eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Tommy Lugauer. Down the sideline, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. We're not walking on the moon. No, no, no. We're just taking one giant step here. The first episode of One Giant Step, your New York Giants podcast for Giants fans. By two Giants fans. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Morris, joined by the great Tommy Lugauer. Hello, Tommy. Sean, what's going on, bro? We start with a bro. We're into a bro. We're always going to get a bro or my dude. But then if you piss me off, I might come up with something that I'm allowed to say on a podcast. We'll say. Well, we hope this is a nice long endeavor for us both. I come from the roots of doing last year's, last season's WFAN Giants podcast. Entitled, of course, G-Wiz, which was as classy a name as possible. So when ahead of the 2022 season and discussing how we would kind of refurbish and relaunch and rebrand the podcast, I was basically told, G-Wiz, not easily findable. So now we are one giant step, and I have a co-host, which is you. And you and I go back a long ways. We are both New York Giants fans, something that was very important to WFA and having two Giants fans make sure they host this podcast. With all due respect to our friends BT and Geo and Evan and Craig, none of them are Giants fans. You're getting your Giants content from two Giants fans twice a week here going forward, hopefully every Monday and Friday. But, hey, sometimes we can you know put out something a little day late, a little day short, whatever. But here we are, Tommy. How are you? Again, how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's like we're on a weird first date here. Uh, I would say this, it is. It you is. Know, it's like speed dating. We've known each it's other like, for ten. Y- Go ahead. But but uh, I'm sorry. Now we're already stepping over each other. Are we dating each other? or Are we dating the audience we're trying to draw in here of Giants fans in the New York area? It's like we're dating each other. It's like we have like we're both single. We both like the Giants. So we had like a mutual friend where they're like, well, you know, Sean likes the Giants too. I think you guys would get really like along. You'd have good chemistry. And now we're sitting there at like, you know, uh, an Italian restaurant. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where to put my hands. You're not really sure what to say. Should I lead? Should I not? So and we've known each other forever. But it's like this, like, all right, how do we do this? Now, this is what I will say. We are both Giant fans. That is accurate. Yes. But we're different kind of Giants. And I'll speak for you. Sean is the kind okay. of Giants fan who gets the logo tattooed on his arm. He I names do. his kids after players. Because that's not, 
Good luck paying for therapy in 15 years. He's the kind of guy that every, every year, 13 wins. Nobody's going to stop us. This is our year. Giants pride, all this nonsense, right? Doesn't matter that's how. Not, that's is. not true. Oh, Sean, come on. Sean, when have you ever been a guy in the preseason that went, you know what? This is like 20, a four or five win team. Stop. 2020, I picked them for four wins and no they shot. surpassed me. I, that happened. Absolutely. It happened. On the air on the DA show, it happened. Last year, high expectations for sure. But to be fair, a lot of the fan base at this time had high expectations coming off the 6-10 and 10 first Joe Judge year. To be fair. To be fair. And yeah, and the bloom fell off the rose very quickly with Judge. It I did. mean, I mean, right out of the gate, his press conferences were great, a la like a Rex Ryan where you're like, man, there's some bravado. And then it got to like comical levels last year where the guy couldn't give you coach speak, couldn't give you a straight answer. So that fell really quickly off the thing, but uh, bloom off the rose. But that's the kind of fan Sean is. So I'm going to have to, he's going to, he's going to talk a lot of smack. He's going to say stupid things. So a Houston radio station could put him on the air or the midday show in Dallas could talk about him or something, or is, you know, someone's mom of a player on another team can retweet his tweet. Sean lives for that stuff. And we love Sean for that because it gets buzz for the show. Sean's all about <laughs> Sean. You know what I mean? Either way he wins. Where I'm going to be a guy who's going to try to Are you to looking for me check. to fight you already? Are you no. looking for me to fight you already? Because well, I got news for you. If this podcast takes off, you'll be the first one answering the phone from Dallas and Houston to hop on. You absolutely uh, will be. Oh, no shot. I, I'm not talking to anybody in Dallas, bro. That that, that I'm telling you right okay. now. I'll be, I'll be, by the yeah. way, we'll be uh, right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until Spike knocks on the door. Tommy, can you go on with Dallas? You'll be, you'll be the first one to answer that phone. Honey, I know uh, you need me to go to Whole Foods for uh, Thanksgiving, but I got to be on with uh, Richie and the Fox here uh, at 10 a.m. on WQRX, <laughs> the fan. But no, dude, I mean, that's that's what we're going to be here. We're going to we're gonna give you everything we got. We're going to give you opinions, hot takes, cold takes. We're not going to let Sean forget it because this is – let me give you a little glimpse of Sean. Davis Webb, the guy basically, Marash, that is, was firing up the car, getting ready to drive him to Canton, and now uh, – taking a picture here. That's the first uh, one. Taking a picture of us. He's the first one. I mean, can you I like, memorialize this? Bro, this is, first of all, if we were on a first date, I know you haven't been on any because you married your middle school sweetheart, but let me tell you, as a guy who's been on a ton of first dates, you uh -huh. don't take a picture in the middle of it. You basically I'm taking a picture. You're on a nice rant. I'm taking a picture. We're having fun here. Go on. And keep explaining what kind of fan you are. Go nah, ahead. Let the audience know. And, and that's it. And and we're going to be, we're just going to be two different type of fans. Sean is going to drive you guys nuts and I'm going to do my best to keep them in check. That's all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, all right. So what Tommy's basically telling you, if you're a Giants fan that loves to be negative, he's right <laughs> up your alley. That's, that's how I'm going to shorten this. He'll be right up your alley. Team stinks. Teams always stinks. Teams always will stink. I am cut from the belief of I will find and uncover every stone I can to find a reason for positivity while also being realistic. 
I feel personally, and this team has given us nothing but misery for at least five years and for the better part of a decade since Super Bowl 46, I personally feel like we have plenty of time to be negative at the end of October when the season's over, plenty of time to be negative in November, especially negative in December, and we're now I'm Christmas shopping and what knows what, and I got no relevant football, plenty of time to be negative then. Going into a season, I will find a way to be as positive as possible, even if it pains me to do so. Might be harder this year compared to other years. But yes, if that makes me a positive fan, so be it. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to hide from it. I am what I am, as has been said. You want to you wanna believe, right? You want, because football Sundays, I we want to be a fan. You want to be a fan, but it's, it's, it's a different, it's, you're a fan, but it's a different type of situation. Obviously, football Sundays are religion, right? They are. You sure. don't get a lot of them. I'm sure our wives would disagree, but there aren't a lot of them. They're so sacred, right? And when the Giants in the last couple of years, bro, they're not playing relevant games in October. Now, right. luckily in the NFL, you could watch other stuff. But when your team sucks, dude, it's devastating, dude. And so you want a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Now, like maybe- sitting alone at the lunch table in high school and watching all the other kids have fun. Correct. And... It's listen, we have been lucky and fortunate enough to see Super Bowl victories. We've seen really good teams. We've seen great runs, but it feels so long ago and it hasn't really been that long, but it feels long, such a long time since the Giants have been relevant, bro. Dude, they have, I've said this, they have reached jet level of incompetence. If you think about it from a scenario of changing the coaches, the GM, the owner, the player, bro, they have, I got news for you. Teams are starting to say they've reached giant level of incompetence. I mean, that's. And, and, and I, and and it's, it's a proud franchise. So you don't want to get to a situation where the fans take this as a, as a Met fan, where you are like, don't trust the ownership and you don't think they have the ability to turn this around. And it starts with the quarterback. It's definitely going to start with the head coach. We're going to see where things go, but if you're a giant fan right now and you want to be optimistic, I'm not going to rain on your parade, but they have not given us any reason to be optimistic except for the fact that falls coming up. And as fans, we want to be into it. Yeah, of course you want to be into it. And uh, just a little tease in our second episode, once we get done with the high, nice to meet of episode one, which is basically what this is. And, and again, this is probably an episode. We will look back a hundred episodes from now, hopefully and say, can you believe we sounded like that? Um, we are going to, uncover some things of where the season could be positive, but ultimately they are negatives for the team. That'll come up in episode two. But on that point, as we kind of turn the page and transition here, this podcast is starting with a fresh new regime, a regime that, Hey, two years ago, it was a little positivity with Joe judge, but the cloud of Dave Gettleman hung over the giants. And a couple of years ago when Pat Shermer was hired, there was positivity that maybe Gettleman would be fine. Shermer would be fine. Clearly, we were wrong. I think even both of us, no matter if we're positive or negative, can agree. It does feel like legitimate winds of change right now with Dable and Shane. Now, the problem we're going to run into is as good a feeling as this feels, like we're kind of cleansed from the Gettleman toxic era that was Giants football, which, let's face it, that was a very toxic era we just lived in. Uh, short, but felt like forever. It was embarrassing. We don't know when we will see the dividends and the light at the end of this tunnel when, you know, this era starts providing positive moments. But it does feel like even embarking on this year, there's that, like, 
no matter what happens, you kind of feel like there's been a demon exercise entering into the season. Well, it's addition by subtraction, right? Just getting it with dude, when the regular season ended and there was that thought that, Hey, we might bring Joe judge back. I honestly believe they were, they were contemplating that, but I think they got a feel for the fans and they were like, dude, we cannot bring this guy. He was basically like, dude, the stuff he was doing at the end of the year was like Costanza, you know, driving around, dragging well, the trophy in the parking lot. The guy wanted out and it was almost like the owner was like, well, you know, so <laughs> my guy, cause he sweet talked you a couple of years ago. And now you're like all enamored with the guy. Thankfully made made the right decision. And now listen, and this this is what will absolutely happen. We could sing the praises of Dable. Guy makes one mistake in the first half of game one preseason, and we're going to be right. all over the guy. That's how we are. Unproven as a head coach, we'll see how it goes. But anybody other than Joe Judge patrolling the sidelines is a positive for the Giants. Uh, okay, so I am of the belief that Joe Judge has every ability and capability to be a successful head coach in the NFL. I really don't think Joe Judge is a bad head coach. I think Joe Judge was dealt a very bad hand and put in the worst possible scenario for a coach of his type to succeed. What I mean by that is young rookie head coach that was a coach of special teams, those guys need to land in unique spots with a proper support system. Having Jason Garrett forced on you by ownership who has no basically ability to see what a modern offense should look like and combine that with the fact that the offensive line still sucks because your GM sucks and combine mm-hmm. it with the fact that basically anybody who was a former head coach on the team, Freddie Kitchens, Jason Garrett, couldn't help him see the light clock management, everything else that went with it. I think Joe Judge failed miserably and then cracked under pressure of all the press conferences. I will also tell you, and I am not normally going to be a newsbreaker. I know some podcast hosts, um, for certain teams will break news and every once in a while, maybe I'll run into one. Everybody that I have spoken to, everybody's wrong. Some that I have spoken to have told me that the reason Joe judge basically ran that quarterback draw at the end of there was he was so fed up with Dave Gettleman and basically being held out, hung out to dry. Once Daniel Jones got hurt at all those press conferences that that day at the Meadowlands, Dave Gettleman is having a retirement party in the suites, family, everybody sitting there watching it. And Joe Judge felt like that was embarrassing. Where's Dave Gettleman been answered for questions? He's not going to answer for the disgraceful end of the season. Those two had friction. And that was a nice retirement present for Gettleman. This is what you gave me. This is what you gave me offensive line wise, Mike Lennon. This is what you get. And I think that John Marin knew. And I think there was more that went on behind closed doors. And I think Joe Judge probably came across very immature and bit his nose to spite his face. But I think that Joe Judge is not done coaching the NFL. And I think him taking this Patriot job right now where he's going to be a weird offensive consultant with Matt Patricia where they both share offensive coordinator duties is a rehab job. It's like these coaches that go back to Alabama and work for Saban (laughs) and rehab themselves. Yeah, It's a rehab job. I think Joe Judge coaches again. I really do believe that. Whether it's a head coach in college or the NFL – and I think Joe Judge will be successful a second go around. I just I think he was screwed here. I really do. I don't think I don't think I look at the Giants issue and go, oh, thank goodness Joe Judge is the head coach. I look at more like, thank goodness Dave Gettleman is not the one making roster decisions. We talked about Judge. You mentioned Garrett. You mentioned Gettleman. To me, those guys were on the front line as far as the vitriol from the fans. Right? Okay. Now they're all gone. Now, if the team stinks, someone's going to have to answer for it. So to me, when I start looking at that list, I'm not going to put Barkley there. Bro, we all know Barkley stinks, okay? They have picked up guys from the scrap heap that run behind that line and did better than Barkley, all right? It was the worst draft pick 
You want to? I don't want to. Alfred Morris. He's not NFL history, obviously, but he's one of the worst picks in Giants history in a time where you could take a running back at any time and you use that on a running back is ridiculous. It will be on the Dave Gettleman sort of Giants GM tombstone, right? Okay. So beyond the tombstone, it is the tombstone. Right. So I'm not going to put Barkley there. To me, it's the quarterback. If this guy does not perform this year, he is going to hear it from every single fan. I understand if he stinks, he's gone, right? That doesn't matter because people, fans are going to want blood this year. You get those games in December and they got four wins and it's cold and they're pissed off and they don't want to be there and they're basically there to boo. This guy is going, because now Dable's going to have a honeymoon. Shane's going to have a honeymoon. There's going to be a honeymoon period. Now, there will be other guys if they, Galladay, Tony, if they, guys that want to take their ball and go home the minute they're not happy, they won't get it as much as the quarterback because at the end of the day, especially when the coach is on a honeymoon, it comes down to the quarterback. And I know you're a big supporter of Daniel Jones. I am not. I didn't want them to draft him to begin with. I know. You watch a lot of Duke. Doesn't matter, bro. I didn't think the guy could play. And it's been proven, injuries aside, that he can't play. See, I disagree. I think injuries have been his biggest issue. I Go back to year one. I mean, he did things like five touchdown games that Justin Herbert didn't do in his rookie year under Pat Shermer's offense. He's not as good I, as Justin Herbert. Don't even put him in the same sentence. I would take Herbert down. in a nanosecond. I'll we're, be not gonna do this, we're not going to do this podcast if you're not going to listen to the words I said. You I put him in the same sentence. No, no, you didn't. I, but you put him in the same sentence as what Herbert, I'm, and you implied that Daniel Jones has the ability to be as good or if not better than Herbert because he did things younger. That's all. What what I am implying is I believe if Justin Herbert was drafted by the Giants and dealt with the Jason Garrett and the offensive line regime, I don't think Justin Herbert is thought of the way he's thought of today. Now, it doesn't mean Daniel Jones is as good as him. It means that's how crappy a scenario he was in. Now, it probably is too little too late. And honestly, my biggest issue with Daniel Jones is staying on the field. The guy's never on the field. And if you're never on the field, we got spoiled with Eli Manning. How could you be successful to begin with? To me, injuries are my first concern with Daniel Jones. I mean, last year, it's funny how, you know, things spiral. He gets hurt. They stink in the red zone. Let's not forget when they get off to that 0-3 start and then they beat the Saints. That's those first four weeks. Daniel Jones is the best player on the Giants for those four weeks. I mean, that Washington game up and down the field. I mean, he has in spurts shown the ability to do it. He's constantly been held back, and maybe some of it is his fault. Maybe most of it is his fault, and Jason Garrett's the scapegoat. We're going to find out, but the bottom line is this. They have no commitment to him beyond this year. And to your point about honeymoons, I mean, you want to talk about pressure. That's it. I mean, whatever happens this year, even if it's his fault or not, will be on Daniel Jones and the lie to the fans because to them, that's the last line essentially left of important figures from the Gettleman judge era, and before that, the Shermer era is now Daniel Jones. So, it's going to be sink or swim, and maybe it's best for him to get out after this year and leave. And again, I'm going to tackle Daniel Jones more. We will more in episode two because I do think that presents a very interesting scenario. And again, I'm going to tease this positive negatives that comes up. But Daniel Jones absolutely, I think, is the guy who will get it the most from fans this year. I think there's no doubt. I think number two, uh, I'm very interested, and this is getting really inside the weeds if we're going to talk about guys with pressure on him. I think hiring defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is going to be interesting because yeah. the Giants fans loved Patrick Graham. That was the one coach they loved under the Joe Judge era. He he got the most out of everything. It's funny looking back to two years ago entering that COVID 2020 season because the belief was the Giants offense is probably going to score a lot of points and their defense is going to be horrendous. And then there they are in a really bad NFC East hanging around because their defense is really good. Leonard Williams having an all-world year and Patrick Graham was awesome. Now Patrick Graham got off to a slow start in 2021. 
uh, changed some things around the way you used your Brill Peppers, et cetera, et cetera. Now they hire Wink Martindale, but they got rid of James Bradbury. They got rid of Logan Ryan. Their secondary outside of Xavier McKinney and Dory Jackson is a bunch of who knows. Yep. Guys that we have hope for, Cordell Flat. they drafted, all of that stuff. I think if this defense is in a scenario where maybe Dable's got the offense looking all right, maybe Daniel Jones is playing good, he's healthy, the beginning of the year. I'm not even talking about the whole year. And the defense is sitting there giving up 35, 40 points a game. There's going to be a lot of fans going, what the heck did we hire Wink Martindale for? And now it sounds crazy to the diehards of diehards who have studied the Ravens scheme and everything that goes with it. But you casual WFAN fans who don't really get in the X's and O weeds, you know how New York is as a fan base. They will turn on that defensive coordinator and make him the scapegoat real quick because he's an unfamiliar name to them. No, no doubt, dude. And a lot of times you see this where you go, all right, this guy was great in this uh, on this team, right? In this scheme. But, bro, we're talking, and I'm not saying he like Ray Lewis and Reed. You need the horses, Suggs. I mean, do yeah. they have that? And when you talk about the secondary, it sounds cliche, but they got to get pressure. And that's something the Giants have always been a hallmark, right? I mean, they've, they've won Super Bowls with me and you at linebacker, right? So they, they it was always been sort of that hallmark of getting after the quarterback, especially if you guys that, that can't cover. And we've seen that the, the, it is such a, Thankfully, in the NFC, outside of the Rams, outside of the Bucks, it is a little wide open. It's not like if they were in the AFC, it would be a disaster because it's just a minefield there. But they have to have the ability to get after the quarterback. And you're right. If this defense struggles, especially if the offense turns it around and you feel like, wow, if we could just get some stops, we could put some wins up. Because if we start winning some games, things will change quickly because of the new regime. So it'll be very interesting to see because he's definitely on the hot seat. You're right, because it'll turn quick if that defense comes out, like you said, and drop at 35 points against them uh, right out of the gate. All right, that's going to bring us to part three of episode one right now. How about that? I'm just going to name out the segments right now. I'm naming them out, buddy. I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing up, because I think you segued nice. You bring up the pass rush, and if you're not getting at the quarterback and yada, yada, yada. I'm curious. We have not discussed this. There was no pre-show meeting on this. I will leave this question to you, and I will tell you my answer right off the jump. The strength of the 2022 Giants, as it stands right now, what do you think it'll be? My answer, I think it will be the pass rush this year. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is the goods, and I'm not... Look, a lot of these rookie pass rushers don't come in and get 20 sacks. I understand nope. that right away. They take a year to get going. Miles Garrett did, uh, and so on and so forth. They have to deal with the NFL double teams, and so on and so forth. But I think the mere presence of Kayvon Thibodeau, I really think sneaky Pro Bowl year for Aziz Ojulari, who really shined a, a, and flashed last year as a rookie, second-round pick out of Georgia. Yep. And him kind of filling that OCU Minora 1B slash number two pass rush role. I think he, in year two, there's going to be a big year for him. And I think Thibodeau will have his moments. I think Thibodeau will face double teams. And I think Ojolari will feast. And I'm really interested in the younger guys like Quincy Roche. They have this Ellerson Smith. Obviously, they drafted. We didn't see much out of last year. Leonard Williams still, who I think <laughs> will benefit by having some edge players as yeah. well. Uh, I know it sounds crazy because it feels like there's been a lack of it. And really, I think it's a combo of both drafting what was the best pass rusher in the draft in my mind. Sorry, Trayvon Walker. I believe it was Kayvon Thibodeau. And all of these second-year guys they have taking that next step. And Leonard Williams, you know, a little more comfortable. And Wink Martindale likes the blitz as well, get the pressure. I think the Giants' pass rush will actually be their strongest part of that team this year. Kayvon is real interesting because I think he's the kind of guy that, like has an electric personality, which you could be a rock star on this. And when's the last time we said, Hey, this giant is a rock star, right? He Odell Beckham. Be, right. And, well, that, and that turned real quick. And, and, and by the way, and I'm, and I'm a more of an Odell supporter than most. 
that's another podcast. But to me, Kayvon, he's going to have a ton of pressure right out of the gate, right? If he struggles early, that sort of moxie and all that stuff he does in the interview room will go out the window really quick. He'll be but, humbled at times this year. It's natural. No doubt. No doubt. But he's a rookie. But to me, he's the kind of guy when the offensive coordinator is scheming for the week, they talk about that guy. And those are needed in a defense because it will open up things for other guys. He doesn't have to go out there and get 15, 20 sacks. If he's opening up for other guys, Leonard Williams, to get that sack total back up, you won't see it in the box score, right? But there'll be guys like Marash who will say, look what he did here. Look what he did there. I studied the film. Yeah, he didn't get home here. He didn't get the sack. But look what he opened up. Those are the things that the regular casual fan may not see. And they may look at the stand and go, what's this guy doing four or five weeks in? But if he's opening up things for other guys, he's taking the focus away from other guys, a la an Aaron Donald. I'm not putting him in Aaron Donald's. But, but no, you know but I get I'm your saying. point. No, where, no, he gets that... the, where he gets the attention like that, that's that counts. Need. Even sure. if it doesn't count in the stat sheet, that counts. And it the does. Giants have lacked that. Oh, they God. have lacked that. Yep. And suddenly you see the changeover. I'm telling I, I think that's the strike. Well, and I'll just pitch it to you. Look up and down this roster because the roster's got a lot of holes, but it's not completely talentless. Where's the strength of the Giants this year? Um, I think a a mode, I don't even want to use the word motivated. I think the Tony Galladay combination can be fantastic. Now, a lot of what Jason Garrett did was he took what Daniel Jones does best and said, you know what? We're going to take that out of the offense and let's get yeah. the ball deep. How you could bring in Kenny Galladay, who his strength is scoring touchdowns and the guy couldn't find it with a GPS last year, the end zone yeah. is unbelievable. Tony, when I saw it, and you're a big Tony guy, I'll, I'll put that out there. T- Marash was all Love over Tony, Tony last year. He has, we just mentioned him, Beckham type ability. And he kind of reminds me of Odell a little bit off the field yeah. too. So to me, he's an ankle breaker. No doubt. If we could get time for Jones and he has the ability to find these guys, I think that combination there could be pretty good or really good for the Giants. So I look for, we never saw it last year. It never really came to fruition, but I am excited about a Tony Galladay combination and giving other secondaries fits. Yeah. And let's not forget this too. Talk about Tony, talk about Galladay. They are going to spread the field. And we are going to see looks from the Giants offense on the field whether it's wide receivers in the backfield, a la Debo Samuel-like, yeah. whether it's five wide, we are going to see looks from the Giants offense. Remember, this is a team without a lot of depth at tight end either, where they Ooh. used to love those three tight end sets that we haven't seen. We're going to look at the team on offense. Even if they're not scoring 40 games, just the looks alone that Dable is going to give with these wide receivers and say, what the heck, what kind of football is this? They're going to be, you know, Harvey and Dick Sills going to be calling, going, I don't understand why we're doing this. And and we didn't bring up Wendell Robinson either, a guy they drafted in the second round, who right. everybody freaked out and thought that meant it was the end of Tony. No, no, no. I assure you, Giants fans, that didn't mean the end of Tony. That meant we were actually going to run an offense in 2022 that didn't matter about height of wide receivers and size, and it doesn't matter if you have similar guys. Get playmakers and find a way to use them, and good offensive minds will find a way to use them. And that's what Dable presents, and that's what Dable does. So, I kind of am with you. If I if I was going to go after the pass rush, I would agree. The wide receivers and very highly motivated too. And by the way, 
a really positive sign, really, really positive sign, is that we just mentioned three wide receivers and didn't have to mention Sterling Shepard, who went on the field, but <laughs> does produce it as a safety blanket, but you just can't count on him. And the fact that the Giants did draft Wendell Robinson, do have Tony, do clearly have, uh, obviously, Kenny Galladay, means they're not counting on Sterling Shepard, even if, in theory, he's listed as a starter. And I think that's a huge relief, because I think at this point, anything you get out of Sterling Shepard is a positive. Look, the I like Shepard a lot. He's just never healthy. So you could sit here and defend the guy's talent, which I would. I just can't trust the guy to be healthy. If out there and he's healthy, he's a 90-catch kind of guy. He just is. He's, he has the ability to get open. The Where Sean and I, Sean does shows on the fan. I, I produce. I've done some shows. You get a lot of that old-school sort of Giants need to build the offensive line. They need to run the ball. They, that's all well and good, dude. This is the NFL now in 2022. You need speed on the outside. You need a quarterback that could sling it. That's what's going to get you back to the promised land. This isn't 1985 or 1997. This is even back when the Giants won their last Super Bowl. You need guys on the field that could get open, that could fly. And they have that speed now. Big time play, uh, big time deep threat down the uh, sideline with Galladay, all that stuff, right? So to me, that could be a big strength of the New York Giants. You went and got Neil, guy to protect Jones. So that could be yeah. something that a they functional can... offensive line that may allow some plays to develop. But, but, but it's not a great offensive line, a functional offensive that, line. That's it. You don't have to have a you don't have to have the Colts offensive line. You just have right. to have enough time for the quarterback to get the ball down the field, get the ball in the hands of speed playmakers. We saw we see with the Chiefs. They yeah, they'll sling it down when, when Hill was on the team down there, but they do those little quick little outs, boom, 60 yards. And the Giants have guys on the outside that can do that. We'll just see if they are utilized. And without Jason Garrett around, I'm surely optimistic that they are going to be able to do that. All right. So now, who are we? I'm Sean Morris. You can follow me on Twitter, at MorazCBS. That's Tommy Lugauer. You can find him on Twitter, at Tommy Lugauer. Here's the deal. Tommy, you produce Carton and Roberts. That's where WFA and listeners would know you from, and you fill in for them when they are off. That's the familiar voice of him. You know me from CBS Sports Radio, filling some work on WFAN as well. We, every week, are going to bring you two episodes of One Giant Step. This is going to be us, two Giant fans. And by the way, if this felt very tame, nice, casual conversation, good. We're going to ease our way into it. There will be a lot of fights along the way, a lot of haymakers thrown along the way, a lot of crazy things said along the way. There will be a lot of fun along the way. There will be. Uh, This was a very tame issue. We're getting our feet wet off and flying. Predict when our first blowout fight is. Will that happen in the regular season or before we get, you know, I guess getting the passion revved up and we're both into the Mets. By the way, Tommy's a Met fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, God. Dude, and I know it's a giant podcast, but there's just no way because it's, it goes hand in hand, right? So I'm one of those rare combinations. Most majority of giant fans are Yankee fans. I'm that rare giant Met fan. So even though the Giants are the big brother, I have that younger brother bone in me with the Mets. So yeah, that coming October, assuming they're both there, will definitely bleed a little bit into the podcast. Even if it's not said, I will be mad at Sean because he's a Yankee fan, just out of pure principle. Yeah, and I and I will tell you this. I would say a fair telegram. Eighty five percent of this podcast is going to be about Giants football. Ten percent. Might be some real life nonsense, something like that, that just we veer off the tracks and that happens. 5%, we're going to incorporate our other fandoms and our other sports in here and poke fun as well, because that's just naturally going to happen. By the way, we wouldn't be sports talk hosts if we didn't do that. So 
all things to look forward to. So again, you're going to come to us. We're going to give you our opinions. We're going to have some fun. You're going to get some positivity. As Tommy said, some negativity. We're going to try to balance it all out the best we can. We'll have some interviews along the way as well. Although full disclosure, I, I am not a fan of doing interviews just to do interviews. So we neither, have neither am I. So we're yeah, I, I, I would rather when I'm listening to a podcast or a show, I would rather hear the two O's fight, whatever, argue, bring up good points. And that's exactly what I want to present to you. And again, not every time we will have guests, I'm sure, but that won't be something that you're getting here every single time. You're going to get a lot of me, a lot of Tommy, and a lot of fun. Is that fair to say? I think it's very fair to say. And look, we're not, it's off season. There's not always going to be games to break down. There's not always going to be things and bad decisions to scream about. We're going to do stuff that's in the realm of football. For example, Marash is the kind of guy that will take his hard earned vacation to go watch the Giants play football. And I'm not talking about like if they're playing in Paris or Vegas. This guy's going to Cleveland and Tampa, which are like basically the armpits of America. They're not if you go. Oh, come on, bro. You you want to tell me they're in Nashville? And and you'll you'll learn this about Tommy. Tommy likes the extracurricular activities. Oh, I'll he tell you the- I'll tell you this right now. <laughs> This podcast is off and flying in a year or two, and the Giants find themselves in Vegas. You know where this podcast is going from. Oh, absolutely. I'll be in the club in the end zone. So we're going to get into certain things like that. Marash is a big tailgater. I I know it's a podcast, but Sean is, you know, a little bit. Uh, he could lose a few pounds. And then whenever he loses them, he finds them real quick. He likes to tailgate. He's big into the food. So we're going to get into stuff like that because every fan can relate to those sort of things. So we're not going to just give you the X's and O's. We're not just going to roll up the sleeves and get into the weeds. We're going to talk about all those things, tailgating, going to see your team play, great moments, uh, dealing with your wife, watching football, all the things that, guys and gals deal with as fans. We're going to tackle all of those things on one giant step. One giant step every week, everywhere podcasts are available. And of course on the Odyssey app and WFAN.com as well. That's Tommy. I'm Sean. Thanks for listening to episode number one.